The Troubles was a 30-year period in Northern Ireland in which multiple sides and organisations were at war with each other. There were bombings, assassinations, prison breakouts, fanatical leaders, serial killers and much more. The Troubles podcast is a non-partisan podcast which aims to tell the stories of the Troubles in a digestible way. It's narrated by me and the episodes are non-sequential so you can jump in anywhere along the way. It's the perfect podcast for people interested in historical true crime. Season 1 has already been released and Season 2 will be released throughout 2021 and you can listen wherever you get your podcasts or by searching The Troubles Podcast on any social media platform. See you there. Yeah, I really want like a, a but I've nowhere to put it here, so I can't get one. But like, put it on this desk. Nah, I want it. I want sell it. some of this shit. No, I like my shit. I don't sell any of it. None of it. I'll sell, I'll sell it to you. What would you like? Have a little shocker. Um, <laughs> I don't think my shoes. What size shoes are you? Six. I'm six. Yeah. You should really like. You're not going to wear all these shoes. No, I have a lot of shoes. Unless you're planning on collecting them. No. Like unless they're they not are co- collectible. They're not collectible. I have maybe three pairs that are collectible. The rest are not collectible. Um, they're just fun fucking shit put them on Depop is that what it's called yeah I was thinking about starting starting a Depop but then I was like oh the effort you have so many nice clothes but, but you have so many clothes yeah and ridiculous much um, a stupid amount of clothes that I don't need and I know I don't and need. like I every now and then you'd be like I'm cleaning out my closet and then you'd be like I threw out 11 bags and then within a space of a week I have accumulated all those bags I'd be like <laughs> Where'd all those clothes go? Oh, I need to stop. Well, I don't know if you need to stop. No, well, I only bought, I bought a dress, a coat, two dresses and you a coat. You buy a lot of secondhand stuff. I do. And I bought two dresses and a coat for Christmas and that's all I'm buying. That's my Christmas outfit done. Hang on, I thought this was your Christmas outfit. No, but I need to have, for because I'm off, so I need to have outfits for each day. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so this fruity. is like my Christmas day dress. Yes. This is going to be my St. Stephen's You're Day You're not going to wear that dress on St. Stephen's Day down in your mother's down house. Down in my mouse house with the dog. You yeah, absolutely will not. The dog running and putting his shitty paws all yeah. over me. Yeah. No, I won't. Not in a million years. I will be in this beautiful garment. Yeah. And I can't even see you putting that on on <laughs> Christmas Day. I probably won't. It's very booby. It's very booby. My boobs are just like... Wah, wah. But there's like... They're beautiful. They're... they're I mean, that's debatable. Welcome to this week's episode <laughs> of Murder Most Irish. And Emma's boobs. Episode 25. Five. Whoa. 25 episodes. That's crazy. How many weeks is that? 25. What day? <laughs> because we make one every week. No, because we missed a, we missed a week. No, we, we didn't. Oh, we did. We missed we one didn't. week, I think. When, when did we put the very first episode off? I have no fucking idea. It was June? Uh, it was in the middle of the lockdown. We're locking down, lads. We're still in the old lockdown now. Here, so we are. Sure, this is it. What can you do? Oh, we put up the first episode on the 1st of June. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Look at us now. Nearly six months. Two weeks will be six months. Jesus Christ. No. And people are still somehow listening to this garbage. I uh, I think we need to stop being so harsh on ourselves. I love being harsh on myself. I know you do. It's my favourite thing to it's do. It's your medicine. It's how I deal with life. Um, but yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? That is crazy. This is just like a 
Let's do this. June, July, August, September, September October, October November. November. It is six months. Anyway, happy, what day is this? Welcome to Wednesday. Whatever Wednesday. day you listen to I this like, podcast I like on. that we put it up on Wednesdays. You're just saying that because we changed it from a Monday to make our lives easier. No, but I do. I think Wednesdays, it's nice midweek. We don't feel stressed. We can record on a Sunday. It's a nice chill day. Yeah, true. It's you usually, had some garlic it bread. It's just when we were doing the Monday one, I it was, was usually much. rushing home from yeah, work. Yeah, it was too much. Like, it was to way too like, much. To be like, oh shit, I haven't finished my story. And then trying to get Colin to fucking... And then giving Colin, like, do. very short period of time to get Edit it, it you bitch. Well, we he's didn't not doing anything else. I need to get one of them out of me now Oh, well. yeah. Uh, there we go. Oh, yeah. Keep burping it up. Um, I'm sure he's doing loads, buying latex, bald caps, yeah. and... Colin sends uh, stuff from that he orders online to my job because he can't send it here because the postman can't get in and then whatever. Um, and sometimes I accidentally open them because you think I never. It's my name, and I'm sometimes I'm like, did I order something? The shit that I get. The time that he sent the yarmulke. <laughs> there was a Bible another time. Happy Hanukkah. Yeah, there was loads of others. I'm like, what is he fucking order? More money than sense. Ah, uh, do you know what? We can't really say anything. More, I buy I loads know, of awful I, things. I buy loads of shit. You buy very, you're very specific in your purchases. What do you mean? You buy, like you buy stuff I would never think of buying. Like you love like drones and shit like that. Like you love, like whenever we go away anywhere together, I can pinpoint the shops that you all want to go into. Yeah, I like. You're like a gadgety I thing. like a gadget and a geeky. Yeah. And do you know what's really odd about that? Because I give Graham so much shit about geeky, gadgety things. Yeah, but buys. you like all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I like drones or a phone or yeah, a new laptop like, yeah, or a yeah, tablet yeah. or a watch. Yeah. And I only play with them for about two weeks. You get bored. And then I get bored immediately. Yeah. And then I'm on to the next thing. But I was always like that. So I remember when, like, the very first MP3 player was ever created. It was an MP3 player. Very first digital hardware device that you could listen to music yeah. on was a Creative Labs WAV Oh my God, player. Creative Labs. Jesus. And it was like the same size as a Sony Discman and quite heavy. Yeah. Um. So I would have had that then. Do you remember Creative Labs had the Zen? Yeah. That. I had that one. I had the very first iPod. Very first... Yeah, like I've always loved gadgets. Yeah, you're a gadgety person. I remember they used to this very first uh, <clears throat> interactive robot that linked up to your Wi-Fi that gave you like the news and the weather. Yeah, it's called a Nabaz tag. A Nabaz tag. And he was in the shape of a rabbit. Cute. And he had magnetic ears. That's so cute. But the thing is, you couldn't fucking. It wasn't like you know what Google. You're like, hey Google, what time is it? Yeah, yeah, with the Nabaz tag, it was kind of set up that you set up like times that he would give you information, or you oh. interacted with him through your internet on your computer. But mine would just turn on in the middle of the night and scare terrifying. bollocks yeah, out of me. Absolutely terrifying. Um, I used to make noises. Do you have keep any of this stuff? Yeah, and my mum and dad's attic just quite a lot of this yeah. shit that I remember. Um, I remember as well. I had the first like interactive kids robot. Uh, what's that what, what's like that? he used to he'd come like he could he would come to you and give you things and here is the pie yeah like <laughs> um, yeah no I, and I was really into like my computers as well as a kid like as a teenager like the first uh, desktop on her I never really spent money on clothes yeah I was never a clothes person yeah um, no because I can never away I'm like Sarah like that shop or Sarah like this shop I like Sarah yeah like I buy like stupid shit so. no but I know you like you like that and then you like kind of uh, stationery shop stationery I love a stationery shop stationery is like crack it's the best mm-hmm, mm-hmm. walking around a stationery shop is like makes my brain happy 
I love a stationery shop. I'm trying to get Graham to buy me watercolour markers for Christmas. Have you found them? I couldn't find them in shop with you yesterday, but like they're always on. I always see ads for them on Instagram. Instagram knows me well. Does it have it? Is it like in a? Have you seen it online? A- yeah, anywhere? like they have. I actually, the very first place I ever got watercolour markers was with you in that stationery shop in the bottom of the Empire State Building. Oh, yeah. That was yeah, closing yeah. down. It was closing down, I remember. And that. I got the, like these watercolour markers that, like, over here, they're like nine euro each. And I got like an entire pack of them for $10 in that store. And then the next time I went back to New York, it was gone. Um, so, yeah, you can get them, but they're very expensive. Really? And they're expensive because I'm not like making art that I'm selling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like... So you're just using them and then you're like, I'm getting no nothing back for this, like cash-wise. But I'm also just like, oh, I suppose that's probably the wrong way to look at it. I buy like so much arts and craft shit as well that I don't get time to use. Yeah. Like, but like really good card stock and a watercolour marker. But next year might be a bit better because next year might, you might have more time to... Like you'll get actual breaks. Yeah, no, true. True. This you know year has I mean? just been like... Hectic. Well, no, it's been like actually really non-hectic but really stressful because when it was not hectic I was like really concerned about money. I know, yeah. yeah and having yeah, a job. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. Um, and then it went straight into like from like me, Graham and Lily all being at home in like full lockdown yeah. with nothing to do ringing the bank to be like we need a moratorium yeah, on our yeah, mortgage yeah. to be like here's your dream job. And now Graham's gone back to work as well now. And, but also for your dream job you are going to be like incredible because it's like a career defining move. You know the kind of way? So it's like just this thing that's either going to make or break your CV. So it just requires a lot of attention. Yeah, yeah. So, but it, it's like I didn't get a build up to it. I know, I didn't it anticipate just like it was going to happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and I did all those interviews and obviously you were there for them and they yeah. were like, they were really stressful and required a massive amount of like attention. But it went from being like, hey, do you want to buy some uh, soft archery and play it out the back today? Yeah, cool. Let's order online on the catalog because we can't leave the house. <laughs> do you want to go for a walk that's like five kilometers away? Cool, yeah, let's do that. And let's, do you want to get a puppy? Yes, <laughs> because we're not doing anything yeah, for the yeah, rest yeah. of the year. Two, it immediately being like, right, you now need to go to Belfast and you need to like develop like all of this time and effort yeah. into like this next thing that you're going to do. I know, I know. And now we're launching and all of that stuff. So it just went from like that to like, so I think the transition for me has just been like, I haven't had a day where I've just lay in my bed. I know, yeah, 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 I know. And yeah, I haven't yeah. had a day where I haven't just not thought about work. Ugh. Like, I wake up in the morning the first thing yeah, I do no, is I think about... I don't know how you do it. I um, don't know how you do it. But... I couldn't do it. I'm too much of a lazy bitch to do anything like that. Yeah, and that's the other thing. It's like, I've decided to do it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's not as if, like, yeah. I don't have any other options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. made this decision, so I need to just shut up and get on with it. Do it! Do it, I do it. I am really tired. I know. I'm so tired, Emma. It sucks. It does suck. Like um, This year's been a fucking weird... Ass, it's so odd. Weird fucking time anyway. And every, it's so weird because we're all feeding off that energy with each other. Like, everybody is... You know when you're in a... When you talk to people or you hang out with people or you meet people, sometimes we all have different energies because we all have different things going on because the world is open and things are happening. But, like, I feel like when you're around people now, because all we can think about and talk about is this fucking shit that's going yeah. on. That you're just feeding off everybody's energy. But uh, like, it's not even, like... It, you're it's like, shit's weird. Off. And they're like, yeah, shit's weird. And you're like, oh, we can't do anything. We can't go anywhere. Ah. Like, it's yeah. so odd. Yeah. No. And everybody's kind of like, ah, it's shocking, isn't it? But it's literally like there is a pandemic. <laughs> but do you know what this year has taught me? That whenever I watch those, like, pandemic movies or whenever I watch those, like, situations or scenarios... This is really like an odd thing to think. But this year has taught me that what happened in like the World War Two and Nazi Germany 
is possible of happening again. Absolutely. Because people just continue living we their lives. get on with our lives. Yeah. We wake up every day and we go to work and we make dinner and we hang out with people and there is atrocities happening. Yeah, and like, but even with the pandemic, Pandem- it's like... Yeah. You, you have to keep going. It's like this thing of like, oh, well, what can you do? And yeah. it's like, I I found out like, th- I think for me, that was like the most jarring thing. Yeah. And I know this year isn't over, but that was like the most no, jarring thing agree. about this year. It's like, I, you know, when you look back on like world events and you look back on history um, and you think, well, not that that won't happen again, but you think, oh, well, people will have learned and not react that way. But like, I have a mother who thinks that Trump was like trying to stop pedophiles and isn't considering the fact that he put babies in in jail um, and separated them from like, it's like, it's, it's, it's like, but do you understand how like much you're on the wrong yeah. side of history like because this happened and then they, these same people will look back at things that happened 150 years ago and be like how did that happen how did that happen sorry you were look at you and yeah, I, that, that's probably been the most jar- for this for me this year has been the most jarring thing and always like with social media and Facebook it always became you're always really aware of all the racists that you did know yes Um, and that you have to like make decisions to cut out your life but like the 2020 has been the year where you're like oh my god there are so many people I know that like are like fucking anti-vaxxers and are supporting Nazis and um, also don't believe in like you know not in wearing a mask and are comfortable to go knock on their 85 year old grandmother's house after being in town but like won't take a vaccine but will shove coke up their nose not a problem say things like well you don't know what's in it do you know what's in that shit that you're pumping into your body or that collagen you've injected into your lips what the fuck are you talking about like that's the thing it's like if it benefits them they don't question it. Which this vaccine will benefit them. It will absolutely benefit them. The amount of people I know. But, oh my God, I've seen it. Like, there was a... I was looking at a thing the other day on Twitter and this doctor put up these tweets and was like, he works in a hospital in America. He was like, I can't begin to explain how frustrating it is for like a 72-year-old woman to come into the into the hospital ranting and raving about how Joe Biden is the devil and she refuses to wear a mask and she can't breathe. But the reason that she can't breathe is because Joe Biden has this magic formula that he's not giving to everybody and Donald Trump is trying to save the world. And she's like kicking and screaming, 72 years of age. And she, he's like, it's he's like, it's not one person. He's like, it's every single day. And then they intubate them and then they're just sat on a bed for like two weeks and then they die. And he was like, this is every single day. They, I would have let her die. I wouldn't have intubated her. And that's the thing, they have to. They have to look after these people. He was like... So I'm not a doctor. It's like the amount, the damage that is being done by the lies and the bullshit that is being perpetrated. I'm just saying this. It is the year 2020. Mm. No one needs a Facebook account. And the reason I'm saying that is because there's same people on that, but there is an enormous amount of insane people on so it. So many insane And people. they are spreading so much shit. I love Facebook. Leave no. it alone. I hope Facebook gets burned to the ground. I fucking hate it. Stop it. Awful place. It's a great place. <laughs> people make great decisions on it. And they make truthful comments. And you meet the love of your life on it. All people. I met you through Facebook. You met. It's not how we met. It is how we met. <laughs> I love that you hate that I tell people we met through Facebook. <laughs> Every time. Tell the story. We, we met, met through Facebook. We did meet through Facebook. We did meet through we Facebook. We did meet new girl. Yeah, but we didn't meet yeah, through girl. Yeah, it's not like we were on Facebook stalking each other. Well, we kind of were. You were stalking me. You were stalking me. And you were stalking me, friend. Well, listen. Or we yeah, met on know. Facebook. No, we didn't. 
Lies, he more lies. Get over it. <laughs> you need to get over it. We met through Facebook and we had a great time and we just instantly connected. I saw her page, she's on my page, and I was like, oh my god, we're so alike. Were you on MySpace? I was on MySpace. I can't believe it. Do you have a Bebo? No, I don't Did have, you have a Bebo. Bebo? Uh, yeah, I had every form of I social media that ever existed. I knew everybody in my college had Bebo. I remember being in the college. Bebo rooms. Stunner. What's that? That, that was like a thing. Oh, she's a Bebo stunner. No way. Because I remember uh, one of the college, in our college, we had like one computer hall and I would walk down and like the computers were like in rows and I'd walk down and every single computer would be on Bebo when you were walking down. Yeah. Every single computer. I know college. I had every form of social media. What, was, the, what I, was, was it? Did it go MySpace, Bebo, Facebook? No. I think face. I think Facebook came and then Bebo came afterwards. Oh, so it was, and it then was, people stopped, and people just went like Facebook just was still there. Took off, like. But Facebook kind of changed quite considerably oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, beginning yeah. Of, of when it, it started. Yeah. So there was like I had MSN. Oh my god, yeah, MSN Messenger, Messenger. which I had an account. I had a GeoCities account. <laughs> a GeoCities, Sarah. Mm-hmm. I had a LimeWire account. Oh my god! And then there was one that was a Bear Bear Hub. Which was their downloading platform also. That sounds like uh, where gay men go to. No, Bearhub, and it was incredibly dangerous. What was it? Because me and me and Yvonne used to download on Bearhub and you had to set up a profile. The amount of like Eastern European and Middle Eastern men that used to, because Yvonne had blonde hair and blue eyes. Oh, and they were like, hey, baby. Yeah, like literally. Been hey, like, baby. Hey. Um, like, even on G, like this, like I remember being a kid on GeoCities and being like, this couldn't possibly be a good idea. Yeah, there's an episode of Pen15 where they get an MSN account and they go into this chat room. The name of the chat room is like chat room for hot people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, hey, are you hot? And you're like, yeah, I'm like, hot too. My chat room was like a perfect circle. Oh, a perfect circle of fans. That's actually very sweet. Um, and yeah, like I had every form of... Because like, my dad had a computer... We had like the internet before really anyone had it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my dad was like massively into like, and that's probably where I get like my geeky obsession with. But my dad was like massively into computers and understood, I think before a lot of people did, how important the internet was going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or just understood the uh, access to porn he would have. Yes. How many wanks he would have per week. (laughs) I could have at least... 15 <laughs> wanks. This will increase my wanks by 25%. And, but like my parents also, like I don't, I, I think my dad had a kind of an understanding, but I think my dad, as we all know from all of my stories, trusted us way too much. Gave you too much like, of a, oh, too much of a birth. To, way too much. Yeah. Like I remember. But I think all our parents our age now, parents of us when we were younger, like they did not understand what the fuck was going on. Because I remember my dad talking to me about porn. Right. And I remember him being like, and I remember me being really young, like just before my confirmation. We just want to say when she says that, she means about how bad it was. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember him saying to me, you need to be aware that like this, this will... This is not good. No, it wasn't even that. His wording was that this will have an effect on you. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it yeah. will change how you see do you or think, feel Do you things. think he had that conversation with Richie? No. It's not fucking crazy because that's who we should have been having that conversation with. Should have no. been like, son. But you know why? I think women he didn't don't have... like it when you slap them in the face. But with a you penis. know why I think he didn't have that conversation with Richie? Why? Because Richie was thick and didn't know how to use a computer. That makes total sense. And had like no interest like, in it. He's not going. Yeah, on. the only totally thing Richie was interested in was like setting fires. <laughs> 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 I should have talked to him about that, Sarah. <laughs> and um, 
putting new wheels on a bike out the back. That was it. We never had any spoons in our house because Richie was always changing tires out the back. Oh my god, the amount of times I used to have to change. I remember those little puncture kits he used to get. Oh. I always thought that would be, be like, a really cute spoons? They were all out the back garden, <laughs> on the ground, <laughs> all of them. And I'm like, Richie. <laughs> I always thought that that little puncture kit would be a cute tattoo. Mm. Remember the ones that little cheap, really cheapy cheap ones? Them. Yeah, they're really cute. Like, I but now you they're... get like when you buy a bike at Halfords, they're like, do you want to insure the wheels? Ah, fuck, like, off, fuck off, Halfords. My brother has changed a million tires. Did I tell you my first cycle the other day and I fell off my bike? No. There was two kids walking a dog and I was like, please don't look at me, please. How badly? Oh, I went, like, I was cycling. I don't know what I was doing. I wasn't paying attention, but whatever happened, I didn't, I just went, like, <laughs> over on my side. And then the bar of the bike, like, hit my ankle. <gasps> I was like, don't cry. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I constantly do stuff like you that. You fall so all I, the time. I fall regularly. With yeah. regularity as well. So it's Did not, anyone help you? No, they didn't. It was only the two kids with the dog. I don't think they could do anything. I once fell in front of a wheelie bin on the way to college I'm and I just, lay, I just lay on the ground. I always think to myself, if I ever fall really badly, I'm just going to pretend I fainted. <laughs> I did that I day. Just, <laughs> like, what I making sure no one's looking. Because I feel like that that would take turn people from being like, ha to oh, look, fuck. You know what I mean? So they'd be like, she's after fucking no, fainted. I'd still be doing this. I know you would. <laughs> I I'd be like, stop <laughs> pretending. I was going across to work one day. I was going back across to work and cut through the little, there's like a little pathway we go through and Colin was with me. I, when I say I went down, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to die. He burst his shite laughing for like an hour. Like I came home and he was still laughing about it. I was like, you and Sarah are the same person. Because if you fell, I would be like, oh my God, and pick you up. <laughs> yeah, no, you do. You just burst your shite laughing. No, I can't help it. <laughs> and it's the same with Graham. <laughs> When Graham gets hurt, I know. oh my god, I can't. Here's a video of me in the bathroom sitting on the toilet going away because he kicked him in the balls, wasn't it? Because I kicked him in the balls and I couldn't stop laughing and I pissed myself like I full on. And he's just like me, and then it's it's me in the bathroom because I close the door and it's me in the bathroom going stop, I stop, I can't, I can't, please stop, please stop. And then he's like the exact same as Colin. He reacts. That's yeah. exactly how. He and I remember once me and Graham were having like a full blown argument. And I was holding, you know, a lint roller? Yeah. I was holding a lint roller and I was like shaking it, giving out. And it flew. And the top of it flew off and it hit me <laughs> so hard in the mouth oh my that God. it left like when I... <laughs> <laughs> He lump up like kind of lumps, lumps up, yeah. But yeah, it yeah. hit him and it like left this like perfect circle <laughs> on his in the outside of his mouth. But the whole bitch is like instantly blue. Was he raging? Was, was he? he raging? I had to lock myself in the downstairs bathroom. And he was no, it was the other way. He had to lock himself in the downstairs bathroom because he was so angry so mad at you. that I was laughing. And then I was standing outside the door, being like, "Oh, I'm sorry." And then every time he was like, he'd go, "You're not sorry." And then I'd start laughing again. And then he'd go, "I can hear you laughing." <laughs> Poor girl. Oh, yeah, no. Oh. Lily hit him yesterday. She was doing uh, the majorettes. Oh, you were saying she hit him with the thing, and she hit him with, his, with her baton on the, but she just tipped. 
his penis. Apparently the tip was, a, the tip was worse than the hip. But she didn't notice because she was marching and she just marched past him and I tell you, he was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and then he was just standing over the banisters and I was dying now. He's just standing over the banisters going like this. Oh. <laughs> oh, suck it up there, Grant. I love when he gets hit in the dick. It's so funny. Sorry, Graham. We love you, really. I love when anybody gets hit in the we dick. Don't, we don't want to be hurting you, really. Yeah, any news from our last week since um, last week that we did the episode new <laughs> um, I'm watching The Crown are you enjoying it? Thatcher's a cunt she is an old bitch an absolute like a horrid oh a terrible horrid human being, human being. Like, awful like a tyrant like I remember people with the fucking Twitter or Tumblr people were trying to be like Margaret Thatcher was a feminist no she wasn't no she wasn't she hated women she hated us hated stop women it. Like, please stop she wasn't she was a she had no women in her cabinet no, she's a horrific human being like, um, because she thought they were emotional I remember when she died and everybody was like celebrating on the streets yeah. <laughs> ding dong the witch is dead oh, I loved it it was fucking hilarious but I have I see I only watched the first what, the first season Claire Foy yeah yeah I watched the first season and then I kind of gave up but I really do like what's her name um, Olivia Coleman. oh I love Olivia Coleman. she's so amazing in it and Helena Bonham Carter is amazing oh she in it yeah oh I didn't know that um it's such like Helena. it's such a good show but like I was saying to Graham today I was watching it at the kitchen table and I said do you think they're this miserable and he yeah. was like yeah I think so I often because like obviously that got, Harry is it he's kind well, of well he said because oh, he said um, I said do you think you're just miserable and he was like yeah I think so and I was like really and he was like well look at Harry yeah he's gone yeah he's like see ya but like that's because like racist just came out and essentially didn't want black a black woman as princess holy fuck or would she be a duchess I don't duchess, know how it works the racist came out oh they came out fuck me the fucking Daily Mail that public you know what I'm not going to get started because yeah. I've already had a Facebook run so yeah. I'm not going to have it but anyway um yeah, like he seems to have just gone fucked a lot he's by. Yeah. The only thing about the show... He's like his mum. He does seem like his mum mm-hmm. and his mum... God, like I, like I knew Princess Diana was young but I didn't realise how young she's she fucking baby. was. A baby. Like, a baby. And they hated her. Well, like, the, they seem to very much like her. Who? The royals. Okay. In the beginning. In the beginning, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she ticks up because they were desperate for him to get married. And he was not allowed to <laughs> marry Camilla. And him and Camilla were in a relationship. Isn't that crazy? And she was married. Isn't that fucking crazy? And they all knew about it. Like, she, he built a house with Diana right beside Camilla. Because Camilla was there. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what the fuck? Um, and he asks oh. Diana to marry him and then kind of fucks off for like six weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I read um, that. And then he like asks Camilla and her to like meet each other. What sort of fucked up shit? Like, what sort of fucked up shit? Like, like, uh, oh my God. I wonder are are his kids really angry at him? And they they document, like, Diana's um, eating Eating disorder. disorder. Um, She was a baby. She was a kid. She was 18. Yeah, she was a kid. Like, she was... 12 years younger than him. And whenever I think about it, I'm like, that's like, imagine being in school and then you leave school and you're marrying a fucking prince. She's living in a, a flat in like a house with like three other girls and working in a crash. And then he was like, and then all of a sudden she's. Now she comes from money. Don't get me wrong. She comes from gentry or whatever. But. Just it's this weird thing as well in gentry in England where it's like, <coughs> I've been watching um, as I was saying to you earlier that Nexium docu- documentary. Oh my god! I will say this for it, they drag it out a bit. Do they? 
they do drag it out and there's going to be season two now why I don't know but I'm only in episode six um, and I'm like oh Jesus they're dragging this out now a lot of filler in here. Uh, get it on. See what's happening. What's happening? But well, I don't want to. Here's like, and maybe it's because I don't understand how people get like conned into and this. And especially this one. Like this guy's an idiot. Like he is a moron. He's a. You can tell he's a liar from the get go. And the, the he's like you know the young one that was in your class and my class and everybody's class that would get up and say I went to Florida on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> He's exactly like you know that. What I mean? yeah, 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 You know yeah. that one where you're like, oh, love, yeah, no, no, you, you didn't. didn't. Um, but pe- the amount of people that believe him, but the weirdest part about it, the the most fucked up part, beyond them being in a cult and all that shit, is, okay, first of all, he was obsessed with volleyball and would make them all play volleyball. At, like, in the middle of the night? ridiculous hours of the morning. He was obsessed with it. So they all go to, like, do volleyball tournaments. I was like, what the fuck? And the other thing is, they did this thing called DOS, which was where they got... The groups of women in the, in the in the group like all the women no, no men all women just him and all the women and they would do like almost like a pyramid scheme but it was slaves and masters sorry so there would be one woman and she would be the master and then she would go and bring in slaves and then they would have to ask her when they can go to the toilet they would have to ask her when they can eat what so they were all pulling calorie strict calorie diets so they had to count their calories and they all had to lose shit tons of weight and they had to send text messages to their master being like, master, am I allowed to eat 84 calories? Master, am I allowed to eat 24 calories? Master, you've no idea. So there was thousands of women doing this, right? What? So that was a really, really fucked up part. So the master and slave thing. And then what was the other part that I was like, what the fuck? Oh yeah. So if you wanted to join this thing, you had to give them collateral. And the collateral was not like money. It was naked pictures and naked videos of yourself that you had to send to them. So they kept them like blackmail and you couldn't join unless you gave this. Sorry. And the higher up you got, the more collateral you had to give. So what were you doing in these videos? So you were like... Performing sex Sex acts? Sex acts on yourself, masturbating and stuff. And then naked pictures of yourself. And then they made this one girl uh, accuse her husband in a letter of molesting her child. What? Wasn't true. But just that if she decided to leave they'd ruin her marriage Jesus so they did this other thing where they branded them so you know you know the girl from Smallville Alison Mack no you never watched Smallville no I have a life the blonde girl from Smallville I was never a lonely teenager (laughs) (laughs) but she was a blonde girl in Smallville but she's like super high up on it and she was like trying to get she got the brown hair girl from Smallville into it too but she left but they were recruiting all these like kind of bit actresses in Hollywood and dragging them all in and making them slaves Sarah so this one girl that got out of it was telling a story where her and the slave master was her friend they'd been friends for years and then she decided to join this thing and all of a sudden your woman was her master so she had to do everything she said so she said you need to come meet me at this place so she went to the place and they went to the hotel room and the master was like you need to take off your clothes and sit on the bed so she took off her clothes and sat on the bed and then she left and came back and put a blindfold on her. What? And brought these, when she said when she had the blindfold on, she would knew there was other people in the room. She could sense there was other people in the room. And then when she took the blindfold off, she was like sitting naked on the ground with these other women. And they were all like, what the fuck is going on? And then the master was like, right, you have to come with us. So they brought them out downstairs, like they put robes on them and downstairs and put them in a van. 
and drove them somewhere. And the <clears> one was like, we weren't meant to know where we, got, we were going. She said, but I lifted up my bandana and I could see that we were at Alice and Max's house, which is the girl from Smallville. Oh my God. So I brought them into this house and told them that to prove their loyalty to this guy, they had to get a tattoo. What's not a tattoo? They took one girl and they made the rest of the girls hold her down on the table and they got a soldering iron and burned a, a symbol? symbol into her skin for 30 minutes. Jesus! And she sat on the table screaming and crying. And they went around the room and did every single girl, right? So this symbol is like five lines and it's meant to symbolize like the earth and the sea and the air and blah, 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 blah. And then she got it too, this girl that was telling the story. And she's like, I don't know why I did it. I, like, I, I don't know what I was thinking, but I just went through with it. And then she realized after like a couple of months when she looked at the symbol, she was like, holy shit, that's not what the symbol is. So when you look at the symbol, it's actually an A and an M for Alice and Mac. And then when you turn it on its side, it's a K and an R, which is Keith Romero, the guy that's running it. So they basically, and it's right above their vagina. So she basically got Alice and Mac and that Keith, Keith's guy named Branded. Her initials. Skin. Yeah. Branded into her skin. And they told him it was a symbol for life or whatever. It's insane. In fucking sane. These girls are like starving themselves to death. Starving themselves to death and getting branded like cattle. And he's fucking them all. And he only wants skinny, pretty blonde girls. That's all he wants. The dream. So that if girls come in and they've got like, if they're not, if they're like more than a size eight, they have to become a slave and then get branded and then go on a calorie diet. And you have to text your master, be like, master, can I go to sleep, please? What? Yeah. And it's not, a, it's not men they're asking. It's other women. And that's how he thought he could get away with it. And then he's up the top. What benefits were they getting from being in this cult? No, none. None. He uh, ran this organization, this thing where he was like teaching people not to have fear, to let go of their fear. And if you let go of your fear, you'll do all these amazing things in life. And he was all about ethics and how we have to be ethical and treat people well. The same shit with Scientology, where they're masking a cult with we do good things in the community. Yeah. That's exactly what he was doing. He's gone to jail for life now anyway, for 12 lifetimes. And Alison Mack is going, she's the next one to go down now. This is insane. Yeah, and there's still people defending him that were in the cult. What were they saying? They're saying, oh, he's changed my life and I'm all these amazing things because of him. You're emaciated and you haven't had a period in two years and you're branded like a cow with his initials and Alison Mack's initials. And that sleep deprivation thing is like cult 101. Yeah. And they have all of your nudes and naked videos of you and the deeds to your house. The deeds to your house. And if they questioned it, if the slaves questioned it, they were like, oh, that's just your fear talking. You're not, li- you don't listen to your fear. So this is how they were telling them there was something this wrong with them. This is mine and Graham's relationship. It literally is. <laughs> the whole time I was watching it, I was like, where is this brand? Where's Graham? Where's, where's, where's this Graham? Brand? Where's this brand? Graham, don't be fearful. But watch it. It's quite long and it does meander a little bit. And there is parts where I'm like, ah, oh, okay, speed it up. But it's great. And it's mm. fucked up and nuts and it's, Everything is fucked. Everything. What's nice? Name something nice. Uh, name something nice. Name something nice. Name something nice. It's Christmas soon. Christmas. I put uh, fairy lights up in my estate. Sarah's put fairy lights up on her estate. In all, on all of the trees. On the trees because she's 72 years of age. Yes. Sarah is 72 years of age. Trying to make it good for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a really hard year for the kids. For the kids. didn't have any Halloween. 
be really hard um, because that's nice that's a nice thing yeah uh, and then I, I got a pro- well I always had a projector but now I've got a Christmas scene to project on the window cute so it looks like Santa's in my house and I don't know if Linny's going to be into her or be uh, like I feel like Linny's not going to be into that oh my god when did I tell you about Linny's dream do you know what I oh my god Lily, Lily. so Linny has an elf right elf on the shelf but we didn't get it for her in fact I think Bernadine got it for her okay she was showing it has today. never moved we don't do any of that stuff in our house yeah and for the past two years, it's been in the wardrobe in her bedroom because she says she doesn't like it, but okay. she won't let me throw it out because she thinks it's a real elf. Okay. And all of a sudden, about four weeks ago, she was like, oh, the elf moved. And the elf is like, it's a fun thing and maybe he'll move tonight. So Graham was like, oh, clearly she's into this now. So then Graham started because I would be like, I'm not moving that thing and I ain't writing a letter. Yeah, fuck that shit. And Graham, so Graham started like moving yeah, him and hanging him and yeah. leaving a letter for her and all the rest, right? And that was fun. And then, and she'd get up and she'd be like, oh my God. And then she'd be down in the sitting room. She'd be like, did you see Elf, the Elf move me- now? And I was like, well, you know, knock this shit on the head. Um, Out the window. Right? But anyhow, I was like, cool, right? You love the Elf. Then you're a night. She was like oh. screaming and really upset. And she woke up in the middle of the night and she had a nightmare. And I was like, it's okay, just go back to sleep. So she went back to sleep and right. the next morning she came in and I was like, are you all right now? You had a bad dream last night. And she was like, yeah. She's like, I had a really horrible dream. She said, I had a dream that the elf was coming up the stairs to get me and that he was banging on my bedroom door. No. Nope. And I was That's like... That's fucking terrifying. I was like, Lily. So then I was like, the elf is never moving again. That is... Terrifying. 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 And like, imagine your small little tiny baby brain thinking that. Mm. And not being him, because your small baby brain also thinks that Santa is real. Yeah, and of course. Elves are real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And fairies are real. So, like, so like, you don't have that bit in your brain where you go, "Oh, actually, none of that shit's real," and that that was just a dream. Oh, put it in the bin. Just put it in the bin. Um, because she showed me the other day, and I was like, "I fucking think so creepy. It's so creepy." Attention, feminists! Murder Most Irish merchandise available now from Teespring.com. Plain, boring old teas getting you down? Hey, buddy, does your huddy scream fuddy-duddy? Spruce up your wardrobe with brand new and improved MMI apparel exclusively from Teespring.com. Don't be a mug? Buy one of ours. Like to steal things? Conceal your identity at the local shop and go with a kooky face mask. Be the swingin'est crazy bag lady on the block with our organic totes. Murder Most Irish merchandise at teespring.com for all your murder feminist needs. Teespring.com is a third party company. All stock manufacturing, purchases and refunds are handled exclusively by them. Any queries should be directed to www.teespring.com Right now I'm going to tell my story. Sarah's going to do a story right now. This week Yes. I am doing the story of the Milltown Cemetery. Okay. You were probably going to do the story. Probably not. Because you told me you were going to do the story. <laughs> she stole And then I was like, story. that's a great story. It is And great. then I started this morning being like, that's actually a really good story. I work, I, I work with someone that was here. Wow. Isn't that nuts? When it was happening. That um, is nuts. Tell, so, your, tell your old story there and I started. I'm going to tell you a wee tale. A wee tale. On the 6th of March in 1988, the Provisional IRA members Daniel McCann, Sean Savage and Mairead Farrell were shot dead by the SAS in Gibraltar. In Operation Flavius, 
The tree had allegedly been preparing a bomb attack on British military personnel there, but the deaths outraged Republicans as the three were unarmed and shot without warning. I don't think they were there to do that. However. Yeah. That's the guy I work with was at her funeral. And does he think that she was there to do that? No. Oh, for... I'll do what Colin did. I got all of my information oh, yes. from the independent... Wikipedia. Wiki wiki. I watched two uh, news articles from the BBC and from RTE and a documentary <laughs> on RTE on the BBC. Um, I can't remember what it was called, but essentially it was just all, the documentary was just like all people who were there, all witness ah. information. Did you see the BBC asking Joe Biden for a comment? And he went, the BBC? No, I'm Irish. I'm walked away. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's a video of it online. Why? <laughs> He's like the BBC. No, I'm Irish. It's walked off. That's a weird thing to say. Good man, joke. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you are joke. I am the BBC. And <laughs> um, I had uh, PR training this week with a lady from the BBC. Oh, from the BBC. Yeah. Was she British? She, said, or was she, she was very British. She's very British. And she said, Sarah, do you know what I love about you, Sarah? And I said, What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Sarah, do you know what I love about you? She said, you're very animated. You're very animated, Sarah. And I said, thanks very much, was she? What was she wearing? She was wearing pearls. Oh, I knew she would be. She had blonde hair with bangs. Fabulous. And uh, like a blouse. And she was very And proper. she also, because obviously, because my training was done virtually because of COVID. Yes. Um, She did this weird thing that I haven't seen done before in... Uh, the remote virtual training world. What'd she do? She put a fake background behind her. Apparently people love these fake backgrounds. <laughs> it's like, it's like a scene from India. Yeah, people like, love these fake backgrounds. Um, yeah. Anyway, go on, tell your story. Sorry. I was just sitting in my office behind a whiteboard that I had literally just drawn a whole load of shit on. <laughs> anyway. So, the their bodies arrived in Belfast on 14th of March and were taken to their family homes. Tensions were high as security forces flooded the neighbourhood. Neighbourhood's neighborhoods where they had where they had lived to try and prevent public displays honoring the dead so essentially these guys all are the 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 bodies of these three people arrived home and then the army the british army essentially didn't want any show of like empathy or sympathy because they were like they were trying to blow us up yeah and uh they didn't want obviously public unrest either and she, sorry to interrupt, the guy I was working with was telling me she went to Queen's College. That's how he knew her. He was in Queen's College with her. And uh, Queen's College refused to fly the flags at half-mast. Um, and usually when somebody... Jesus. Yeah, usually when somebody died from the college, they would put on buses to bring people to the funeral. And they wouldn't do that? They wouldn't do that either. So they were literally like, no, you are not allowed to even act like they're dead. What did, just out of like curiosity, what did he think they were in Gibraltar? She brought I, can't, her. I can't say that word. He didn't say, but he didn't believe. But she was a member of the IRA. She was a member of the IRA. She absolutely 100% was a member of the IRA. Yeah. Okay. The Gibraltar tree were due to be buried in a Republican plot at Milltown Cemetery on the 16th of March. For years, Repu- Republicans had complained about heavy-handed policing of IRA funerals, which had led to violence. In change from normal procedure, the security forces agreed to stay away from the funeral in exchange for guarantees that there would be no three-volley salute by the IRA gunmen. So the, the three-volley salute was essentially where the guys stand and shoot the rifles in the yeah. air, which when I was a kid and I used to see on the news, I was like, Jesus. It's crazy. I'm like, that looks like fun. <laughs> um, 
the three British army, the British army and the RUC would instead keep watch from the sidelines. Sounds like it's not going to happen. Yeah. This decision apparently was not made public. Okay. But I've heard, so when I look into this, there's multiple reports that say that the priest said that there would be no tree volley salute. And then there's other articles that say that there was like an agreement that they would stay away from the funerals and not really police them to yeah. let them mourn um, as long as the IRA didn't show up and essentially... And do the salute, yeah. Yeah. The funeral service and mass went ahead as planned and the cortege made its way to Milltown Cemetery off the Falls Road. Present were thousands of mourners and top members of the IRA and Sinn Féin, including Sinn Féin leader Jerry Adams and Martin McGuinness. Two RUC helicopters hovered overhead and Stone claimed that he entered the graveyard through the front gate with the mourners and mingled with the large crowd. Although one witness claimed to have seen him enter from the M1 motorway with three other people. As the third coffin was about to be lowered into the ground, Stone threw two grenades, which had a seven-second delay, towards the Republican plot and began shooting. The first grenade exploded near the crowd and about 20 yards from the grave. There was panic and confusion and people divided for cover behind gravestones, or dived for cover behind gravestones. Stone began jogging towards the motorway, several hundred yards away, and he was chased by dozens of men and youths. He periodically stopped at times to shoot and throw grenades at his pursuers. In the 19th March edition of the Irish Times, columnist Kevin Mayers, an opponent of the Republican paramilitary violence, wrote, Unarmed young men charged against the man, hurling grenades and firing an automatic pistol. The young men stalking their quarry repeatedly came under fire. They were repeatedly bombed. They repeatedly advanced. Indeed, this was not simple bravery. This was heroism, which in other circumstances, I have no doubt, would have won highest military decorations. Yeah. So these guys were just trying to stop, they were him, trying to stop him from killing people. You know what's really fucked up? Is you know the way... Uh, I won't say same. Guy I work with was telling me uh, when he threw the first grenade because they were out of the church. It was massive amounts of people. You know, and you so can watch a the, video of this. This was all filmed. Yeah, they were at the back wall. So when they threw the grenade, people thought they had finally, they'd let the IRA do the guard. Salute. So they all started clapping. Yeah. And then they copped. Yeah. Um, Fucked up, dude. Three people were killed while pursuing Stone. A Catholic civilian called Thomas McEarlean, who was 20 years old, John Murray, who was 26, oh, an gosh. IRA member, Keeve McQueveen McBrady, also known as Kevin Brady. So obviously his Irish name is, isn't Kevin? Queeveen. Yeah. Um, During the attack, and about 60 people were wounded by bullets, grenades, shrapnel, and fragments of marble and stone from the gravestones. Oh. Among those wounded was a pregnant mother of four, a 72-year-old grandmother, a 10-year-old boy. Oh. Some fellow loyalists said that Stone made the mistake of throwing... So he threw the grenades too soon and that the death toll would have likely been much higher had the grenades exploded in midair, raining lethal shrapnel over the wider area. So his plan was to throw these. And to like... And for it, but he threw them too soon, so he should have waited longer. So it's got like an eight second delay. So he just did it and then threw it. Yeah, whereas like you should count to like three. And then throw it. And then you essentially... But it's like fucking bizarre that like people would be like, oh, you get more more people. You, he could have killed more. 
Fuck me. Uh, a white van had then been parked on the hard shoulder of the motorway and suddenly drove off as Stone fled from the angry crowd. There was speculation that the van was part of the attack, but the RUC said it was part of a police patrol and the officers sped off because they feared for their lives. Nonsense. Bullshit. Stone said he had arranged for a getaway car driven by a UDA member to pick him up on the hard shoulder of the motorway, but the driver allegedly panicked and left, so Stone pretty much said... It was a fucking UDA. Was it, yeah. By the time Stone reached the motorway, he had seemingly run out of ammunition. He ran out onto the road and tried to stop cars, but was caught by the crowd, beaten and bundled into a hijacked vehicle. Armed RUC officers and Land Rovers quickly arrived, almost certainly saving his life. So they arrived and gave chase, tracked the van down, pulled him out. They arrested him and took him to Musgrave Park Hospital for treatment of his injuries. The whole event had been recorded by television news cameras. So like you can watch this. Yeah. Yeah. From start to fucking finish. From start to finish. It's insane. So Michael Stone was a loyalist, a member of the UDA who has been involved in several killings and other attacks and who described himself himself as a freelance loyalist paramilitary. Oh, freelance. Yeah, freelance. Just doing a little bit of Just doing it for the money. Jesus Christ. Stone said that there would be a little, that he had learned that lit, there would be little security force presence at the funeral and planned to take out the Sinn Féin and IRA leadership at the gravesite. He said his attack was in retaliation for the Remembrance Day bombing four months, four months earlier when 11 Protestants had been killed by an IRA bomb at a remembrance ceremony. He later told journal- journalist Pete Taylor that it was symbolic. The IRA had attacked a British cenotaph and he was taking revenge by attacking the IRA equivalent. Stone claimed that he and other UDA members considered planting bombs in the graveyard, but abandoned the plan because the bombs might miss the Republican leaders. He insisted he instead decided to carry out a one-man attack with guns and grenades. Stone claimed that a senior member of the UDA had given him the organization's official clearance for the attack and he was given a 9mm pistol, a magnum revolver and seven grenades the night before the funeral. Fuck. Grenades? Yep. (laughs) What the fuck? That evening, angry youths in Republican districts burnt hijacked hijacked vehicles and attacked the RUC. Immediately after the attack, the two main loyalists and paramilitary groups, the UDA and the UVF, denied responsibility. The leader of the UDA West Belfast Brigade, Tommy Little, said that Stone was a rogue loyalist acting without orders from the UDA, although he did not condemn the attacks. Yeah. Little told other UDA leaders to keep this line... Keep to this line. UDA member Sammy Duddy said after Milltown, two UDA brigaders from two Belfast battalions telephoned the IRA to say they don't know Michael Stone, but Michael was UDA. So they pretty much were like, oh, he is in the UDA, but yeah, we don't yeah, know. Yeah. Excuse me. He okay. was a traveling gunman who went after the IRA and the Republicans and he needed no authority for that because that was his job. Fuck. Yeah. Those two brigaders were scared in case the IRA would retaliate against them or their areas, so they disclaimed Michael, one of their best operators. Sinn Féin and others claimed that there must have been collusion with the sectarian forces because only a small number of people knew in advance of the reduced police presence at the funeral. Stone later claimed that he had assurances that the British soldiers and RUC officers would not be deployed in the graveyard. He also claimed that he had... 
detailed information about the British Army and RUC movements. And Stone said that the night before the attack, he was given his pick of weapons from the ultra-resistance, a cache at a secret location outside Belfast, and was driven back to the city city by a member of the RUC. According to journalist Martin Dillon, the weapons he used were given to him in on the orders of the UDA intelligence chief, Brian Nielsen, who was later revealed to be an undercover agent for the British Army. MacBrady's funeral, just three days after Stone's attack, took place amid an extremely tense atmosphere. Those attending feared another loyalist attack. Derek Tony Wood, 24, and David Robert Howers, 23, were corporals in the British Army's Royal Corps of Signals. According to the British Army, Wood and Howes ignored General General's orders to stay away from the area where the funeral was being held. So essentially, three days later, the people who were killed in that are attack buried. are now, it's now the funeral for one of them. Yep. It has been presumed that the two men drove into the procession by mistake. Howes had arrived in Northern Ireland one week before. Soldiers and police officers suggested that the corporals had gone wandering and that Wood was showing his newly arrived colleague the Republican district of Belfast. Former British soldier Sean Harnett stated the corporals were members of the military surveillance unit known as the Joint Communications Unit. Corporals Derek Wood and David Howes were wearing civilian clothing and driving in a silver Volkswagen hatchback. The MacBrady funeral was making its way along the Anderson Town Road towards Milltown Cemetery when the corporal's car appeared from the opposite direction. And again, you can see all of this. Yep, it's all on This is all filmed. The car drove straight towards the front of the funeral, which was headed by several black taxis. It drove past a Sinn Féin steward who had signalled it to turn. So they were like, stop, you need to turn around. Mourners at the funeral said they believed that they were under attack once again from Ulster loyalists. The car then mounted the pavement, scattering mourners, and then turned into a small side road. When this road was blocked, it then reversed at speed, ending up within the funeral procession. Corporal Wood attempted to drive drive the car out of the procession, but its exit route was blocked by a black taxi. So essentially, these guys drove in, and there's like chaos. They, it does look like they tried to ram the crowd. It does. When you watch it, you you can see that moment where you're like, oh my God, are they trying to... Yeah, kill these people. Yeah. And then they kind of get stuck down this like one-way road, like a cul-de-sac. Yeah. They realise they're stuck, so they reverse back. And then they try to get out of there, but a black taxi is now on their way. So they're stuck. An angry crowd surrounded the car. It smashed the windows and attempted to drag the soldiers out. Wood produced a 9mm handgun, which each of the soldiers was armed with. Wood climbs partially out of a window and fires a shot in the air, which briefly scattered the crowd. The crowd then surged back, and then some of them attacking the gar- car with a wheel brace and a stepladder, which I remember watching being like, where did they get a stepladder from? <laughs> but they stole it from a photographer. The corporals were eventually pulled from the car and punched and kicked to the ground. The attack was witnessed by the media and passerby journalist Mary Holland. She recalls seeing one of the men being dragged past a group of journalists. She says, he didn't cry out. He just looked at us with terrified eyes. 
And so we were all enemies in a foreign country who wouldn't have understand, understood what language he was speak, speaking if he did call out for help. And again, you can see this and she speaks in that uh, documentary and she speaks in all of the news, um, like news reports of the time. The two men were taken to a nearby Caseman Park, to the nearby Caseman Park sports grounds, just opposite. Here they were beaten, they were stripped to their underpants and socks and searched by a small group of men. The BBC and the Independent wrote that the men were tortured and a search revealed that the men were British soldiers. Their captors found military ID on house, which was marked Hereford, the site of a British military base in Germany, but it's believed that they misread it as Hereford, which is the headquarters of the SAS. Priest Father Alec Reed, who played a significant part in the peace process leading to the 1998 Good Friday Agreement, intervened and attempted to save the soldiers and asked people to call an ambulance. I got down between the two of them. I had my arm around this one and was holding this one up by my shoulder. They were so disciplined. They just lay there totally still and I decided myself they were soldiers. There was a helicopter circling overhead and I don't know why they didn't do something. Radio the police or soldiers to come up because these were just two of soldiers on their own. One of the captors warned Father Reid not to interfere and ordered the two men to take him away. The two soldiers were driven fewer than 200 yards to a waste ground near Penny Lane, just off the main Anderstown Road. There, there, where they were, there, there they were taken out of a taxi and shot dead. Corporal Wood was shot six times, twice in the head and four times in the chest. Jesus. He had also been stabbed four times in the back of the neck. Oh my God. Howes was shot five times, once in the head, four times in the body. Each also had multiple injuries to other parts of their bodies. The perpetrators quickly left the scene. Reed heard the shots and rushed back to the waste ground. He believed one of the soldiers was still breathing and attempted to give him mouth to mouth. Upon realising that the soldiers were dead, he gave them their last rites. According to the photographer David Kearns, although photographs were have, photographers were having their film taken off them by the IRA, he was able to keep his by quickly leaving the area after taking photographs of Reed kneeling beside almost the almost naked body of Howes administering the last rites. Kern's photograph was later named by one of the best was later named named one of the best pictures of the past fifty years by Life magazine. And again you can see all these pictures, but they're really graphic. They're very graphic, yeah. The whole incident was filmed by British Army helicopter hovering overhead. An unarmed soldier of the Royal Scots said his eight-man patrol was nearby and saw the attack on the corporal's car, but they were told not to intervene. Yeah. Soldiers and police arrived on the scene three minutes after the corporals had been shot. A British army spokesperson said the army did not respond immediately because they didn't need they needed time to assess the situation and were wary of being ambushed by the IRA. The large funeral procession also preventing them getting into the scene quickly. Shortly after the IRA released a statement, the Belfast Brigade, the IRA claims responsibility for the execution of the two SAS members who launched an attack on a funeral cortege of our com- comrade volunteer Kevin Brady. The SAS unit was initially apprehended by people lining the route in belief that the armed loyalists were attacking them and they were removed from the immediate vicinity. Our volunteers forcibly removed the two men and from the crowd and after clearly ascertaining their identities, 
um, from equipment and documentation, we executed them. Jesus Christ. The Northern Ireland Secretary Tom King acknowledged that the Milltown Cemetery attack and the killing of Woods and Howes were wholly unacceptable and to require immediate review in regard to regard to policing Northern Ireland Secretary Tom King acknowledged that the Milltown Cemetery attack and the killing of Wood and Howes were wholly unacceptable and do require immediate review in regards to policing to be followed at any future funeral. Conservative MP Michael Mates nonetheless defended the hands-off policy saying a return to heavy-handed policing could provoke riots which is what the IRA wants so they can say to the world they won't leave us to bury our dead in peace. Fine Gael leader Alan Jukes and Labour leader Dick Spring and Taoiseach Charlie Hockey all condemned the killings. The British Prime Minister at the time, the cunt Margaret Thatcher, <laughs> called the killings an act of appalling savagery. She only spoke about the British soldiers. Of course she did. She didn't give two fucks about the, no. the Republicans. On the 2nd of August 1988, Lance Corporal Roy Butler of the Ulster Defence Regiment was shot and killed in Belfast one of the guns taken from the corporals. Jesus Christ. That's like a fucking message there. Yeah. Two men, Alex Murphy and Harry Maguire, were found guilty of the murder of the corporals. They were jailed for life in 1989 with the recommendation of a minimum of 25 years. Murphy received a further 83 years and Maguire 79 years for bodily harm and falsely imprisoning imprisoning the soldiers and possessing a gun and ammunition Sir Brian Hunton's sentencing said all murders are brutal but the murders of Corporal Howes and Corporal Woods were particularly savage and vicious they were stripped of most of their clothing and they lay in their own blood in the back of a taxi when you took them to the waste ground to be killed and in that pitiable and defenceless state you brought about their murders as they lay on the ground both men had been listed as senior members of the IRA Belfast Brigade. In 1973, at the age of 15, Murphy had been the youngest Republican internee in Loch Kesh Prison, which later became known as the Maze. Maguire became a member of the IRA's camp staff in the Maze, one of the senior IRA men, effectively in control of the Republican wings, and he met with Northern Ireland Secretary Mo Molan when she visited the jail to negotiate with prisoners in November of 1998. Murphy and Maguire were released from the maze as part of their early prisoner, prisoner release scheme under the Good Friday Agreement. Maguire is now chairman of the Belfast Office of Community Restorative Justice in Ireland, a police support supported group aimed at dealing with low-level crime through mediation and intended to replace the practice of punishment beatings and kneecappings for para- paramilitaries. Fuck! A further three men were in 1990 found guilty by common purpose of aiding and abetting the murder. Uh, Pat Kane, Mickey Timmons and Sean O'Callaghan were dubbed the Casement Tree by Republicans who disputed the validity of the conviction. So essentially these were like convicted in 1990 after. Okay. Uh, Kane's conviction was quashed on appeal due to the unreliability of the confessions. O'Kaley's was released in 1998 under the Good Friday Agreement and Terence Clark, the chief steward on the day, was sentenced to seven years imprisonment for assaulting Corporal Wood. Clark had served as Jerry Adams' bodyguard and he died of cancer in 2000. Whoa. 
But Mr. Stone went to prison. Okay. He was then released also. When? During the Good Friday Agreements. Oh. But he then went on to go into... I think... Wasn't there footage of him going into... What's the Parliament House? Stormount. Stormount. With a gun. So you said it later. It, was, it went on... arrested again? Yeah, you know, he went on to do like the exact same thing. And was then arrested again. Everything is horrific. There is no... Right here. No. There's no right. It's all wrong. Everything's wrong. All of that, like six people. All is wrong. Six, um, three people died. Then three further people were yeah. killed. Then up to 20 people were injured yeah. and some had life altering injuries. And then two British police, uh, soldiers right. are killed. And then one other British soldier is killed. And then they all kind of go to prison for a little while. And then they get out. And then they all get out. So what's, what, we've learned anything. I think the most, uh, the, there's just no right, like even the guy that I work with that told me about this, he was saying like that the reaction of people at the funeral, obviously of the person that had been killed at the first funeral, he was like their reaction was immediate. Like they were, everybody was on tenderhooks anyway. And then when they saw that car driving in, everybody was like, oh my God, they're coming for us again. So he was like, it was wrong, it was bad, it was terrible, it never should have happened. Those two men should not have been fucking tortured and murdered like they were. But he was like, people were so fucked up from the previous. Because people that have been at that previous, at Marie's funeral, had now gone to this, had not gone to this other funeral. Yeah. But like listening to that, that journalist that the priest called over when he was giving the kiss of life to the one of the soldiers, he asked her to come over and say a prayer over the body. Like her telling that. What say is he meant to PTSD? In that area. Yeah. Just massive just PTSD. PTSD because that was normality yeah. to them. Waking up every day and wondering, is there going to be a fucking bomb thrown in my window? Or am I going to get shot? Yep. Or are they going to burn out my school or burn out my school bus? And I'm going to have to go to school and there's some soldiers with massive machine guns that are going to pull us off the bus and search 12 year olds. Yeah. Like that happened in this country. Like I remember being a kid because my dad is a musician and he would go up the north yeah. all the time. Yeah. I think. And then obviously the um, Miami Five, as they're called, they're the, the, show, show the guys band, who got the shot. Miami show band, yeah. Um, I remember because my dad would go to t- quite often. He would play in Derry, and yeah. he was in Oma the day before the Oma bomb. That's crazy. Uh, working, um, and I, I remember. Just to like worry that we would be like, oh, just be safe. Just be safe. Yeah, you do. And like coming you... home and him telling him he'd be stopped by like the yeah. UVF or the IRA yeah, yeah, yeah. and they'd have guns and they'd take them out of the van and they'd go through like their guitars and their equipment. Yeah. Searched everything. Um, and they'd search everything and he'd be like. And that's it. It's the thing where it's like, it seems such an alien thing to me for that to be going on now. You know what I mean? Like, whenever we're away and I see policemen with, with guns, guns I'm like what the yeah. fuck it's shocking yeah. like you're immediately but like back then it was literally they were on the way to school the army were there they were taking you off the bus yeah. with machine gun that's horrific that entire thing is horrific and there's no right everything is wrong it's awful it's just but it's just murder on top of murder murder on top murder, of murder murder murder, murder. where murder. does it end where does it end and it's where does all it the end? cause because no one's backing down yeah no one's backing down 
Like they dragged those chaps out of that car and they Oh yeah, and that footage them. is like horrific. Yeah. Horrific. And like what happened at that funeral, Maria's funeral was horrific as well. Like he was throwing fucking grenades. Like Yeah, but he was allowed to go yeah. in. Um the guy that I work with as well is telling me that there's a police where that uh churches where the We've the, driven past that yeah, graveyard. He was like there's a police station at the back. Right of on it. the back of it. And he was like, So there's a lad dropping fucking grenades and shooting people on the police stations at the back and none of them come. Yeah. So he's convinced it was collusion. It was collusion. Like, there's definitely collusion going on there, but just everything is awful and I'm just, oh my god, it's awful. It was hundred and ten percent collusion because yeah. like at any other funeral the IRA are there yeah. in like the balaclavas yeah, yeah, yeah. with the guns and they stand over the grave and it's specifically yeah. to give you protection while you're there. Of course. Um, and so this one time where there's this agreement that very few people know this about. This dude turns up with grenades. And this dude... Uh, and from, two guns. Yeah. My God. Seven grenades. Like I couldn't imagine living in that, in that at that time. But the, the guy that I work with said to me, he was like, Emma, that was normality for us. Like, he was in Queen's College when this was going on. Yeah. He was in her class. So he was like, this was complete normality. And all the people I work with in Belfast were, yeah. are all just like, because I work with men who are of an age where, like, they would have been, especially in the 80s. They were in the height of this shit. Like. In the height of it. And, like, trying to, like, get to work and having to walk an hour and a half out of their way because they couldn't walk down the road because they weren't Protestant. Um, and that still exists oh in the yeah North. absolutely I think it's just more in hush we have like because I have lads that work up there that can't go into certain areas and vans at certain times Fucking and are told when they go in you shouldn't be here so you need to leave this is nuts um, everybody and even talk. the whole thing of like um, the guy that's now helping with like restorative justice like when I was in Belfast and I was saying to people that like are from there, I was like, oh, I really like it here. It's really safe. Yeah. And they were like, oh yeah, but it's safe because they, every each area has its own little incestual police state. Where it's like they're keeping each area. Where they keep each area specifically. Yeah. There's not like, you're not up here selling drugs and you're not up here doing this. And if yeah. you are, you need to give us some money for it. That's it. And yeah, you need yeah, to yeah. do it in a very specific place. Because they know you're just up here doing a job. Like that's um, not related to anything bad or criminal. Yeah. Or whatever and, else, but yeah. if you're up here doing something criminal, well then we'll look after it. And you won't be doing anything criminal up here. Fucking crazy. And it's re- And there he was like, that's why it's safe. He was like, it's safe because... It's weird safe. It's like, it's, it's yeah. messed up safe. Yeah, no, it's not safe. Like where it's... You're you're kind of made to believe it's safe, but it's just this massive criminal underbelly going on. Yeah. Anyway, good job. That was great. Not great. You know what I mean. You did a good job. Thank you. That was horrific. And whew, I hope everybody who was going through that shit got lots of therapy, but I know they but didn't. But they didn't. Because it was the late... Like, the even that guy I was working with who has that guy that he minds who's now got dementia, he was saying that, like, sometimes he goes into the house and he's crying. Oh, no. And he's like, "What? what's wrong? And the guy will be... Because oh. he's... He'll say to him, oh, Desi went into that pub and he can't go into that pub. And the guy will be like, well, you're not in a pub, you're at home. And he'll be like, oh, he's like, he's he's not coming back out of the pub. And so many people are just like, he, not used, but just like, it, there was no other option. No, there's not. Like, and that cunt Thatcher oh didn't give a fuck. She couldn't care less. Did not give a fuck that those people were being she murdered. She would have walked over their bodies, Sarah yeah. Like, she didn't care. Did not care. Like, to watch pure evil in the... Like... And that's where people are like, how is how is Trump to Trump happened? Like, look at her. Like, look at her. 
Look at fucking Gibraltar. Like you, you can just dress Look at Gibraltar, it, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. You can dress it up in pearls and put a pretty suit on it. It doesn't take away from the fact that that woman was a horrific human a being. Horrible cunt. You met people that went to the Falklands that died. Yeah. Fuck her. Because she Old was bitch. just like, no, we need to make, like, essentially, <laughs> she started that war. Yeah. And everyone in her cabinet was like, no, Don't do this, this isn't the way to do it. We can talk to Argentina. We can have a conversation yeah. with them. Like, she never once opened any peace talks with Argentina. Because she didn't, she didn't want, she didn't want to be told no. No. Regardless, if it was, I'm sure if it was the worst thing in the world and a million people were going to die, she, she was never going to not say, oh yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. Because she had that idea and that was it. Yeah. Like, it's insane. Like me and work. Like you and work. <laughs> Absolutely like you and work. So. Shut them down the coal mines. Shut them down. Billy Elliot. <laughs> that movie. That movie fucks me up. I cry every single time. Oh, when he breaks God. up the mouse piano. When he breaks up the piano? Cannot. Deal with it. Like her piano. Uh, like it's horrible. Breaking that part when he breaks up the piano. I can't. I can't. Uh, but the very end where they go to see him dance. Uh, <laughs> what a movie. What a movie. What a story. Julie true story. Moore, true story. Yeah, true story. It really happened. True story. <laughs> Absolutely true story. Julie Walters. Julie Walters is still alive, isn't she? Julie Walters, yes. Okay, good. She was sick. She was sick. Did you ever see when she's on the Graham Norton and she wants to touch 50 Cent's tongue because yes, he's a bull so in yeah. <laughs> She reminds me of my auntie Cora so much. I love Julie Walters. She's amazing. Um, Watch Billy Elliot and be happy or something. I don't know. Be You're not going to be You'll be happy at the very end. But don't you'll still worry. cry. Bad thing. A movie, man. He's he's like super famous now. He is super famous. I remember he was in that Green Day video. Yeah, he's super famous. He's married to that girl from Evan Rachel Wood. Nope, he was married to her. They're divorced. He's married to that girl that gets thrown out in front of the train in the first season of uh, House Cards. Really? Uh, yeah. That scene <laughs> still yelled top of my lungs. Like, Kevin Spacey. And this was before we knew about Kevin Spacey. Yeah, yelled at the top of my lungs when that happened. I remember Graham being like, "What happened?" And I was like, "I can't talk about it." Um, but yeah, he's married to her now. But he killed her. What's her name? Mara. Kate Mark. No, Mara. Mara Kate. Mara Kate Mark. Anyway, he's married to her. Good for you, Jamie Bell. Billy Elliot. It's a great film. I don't know anything else you're in. Can he really dance? Well, I think he danced in the film. But is he like a real dancer? Couldn't tell you. I don't know. I'm sure people scream at this podcast all the time. That's the internet, no, the internet is free, Sarah. Just Thanks. fucking Google it, you lazy cunt. Um, I keep get... getting fucking UPS shipping notifications. <laughs> I don't know what's coming to me, <laughs> but it's quite a bit. Is it going to your job or going to your house? Going to my house. Okay, this is all very boring. Sorry. That story really fucked me up, so I'm trying to think of other things to talk about. Did it really get to you? Yeah, like stuff like that. Like the idea of people knowing they're going to die well do you know what and it being dragged so out so apparently there was a like obviously I went into detail there but so when they're taken from where the police the priest is like trying to help them and they're taking 20 minutes 20 yards up the road they're put in a van mm-hmm. and apparently they were like subservient apparently they just lay in the van and they lay in a pool of their own blood and they did not try to, to like get away or apparently depart. they didn't fight or, like when they got pulled out of the car and you can see because I watched the footage and you watched the footage here with me but I've watched it a couple of times now but they don't fight back and the other guy never pulled his gun 
Whereas the, the guy on the, in the driver's side who tries to get out and shoot the gun to try and get the crowd yeah, to disperse, um, he, his gun's then dropped and you can see they all just like jump on him then and the other guy's pulled out of the car but the other guy never touched his gun and like when I say that he was in like, he is like in Northern Ireland for less than 24 hours. Like he had just arrived. Just so I don't, I didn't, when I watched it, I only watched it I only saw it up to the point where the guy ran over to the guy that was filming it and like put his camera well, down yeah like, stop filming um, and that wasn't to that was just to so they wouldn't have more evidence like it wasn't to be like oh this is terrible don't look at this it wasn't that it was like stop filming the people that are doing this no because we're going to kill them because we're going to kill them just anything the idea of anybody knowing they're going knowing to die knowing they're going to die like that I was listening to an episode of Case Folly today and I had to turn it off because I was like I can't listen to this I just can't listen to it I was like this is that thing where it's like, I always say if I was going to die, I don't want to know. I just want it. I just want it to happen. I don't want to know that I'm going to die because I think that that's worse than dying. That thing in your head where you're like, I'm not going to be here anymore. I don't. I there is nothing I can do because you know when you're in a situation in life where you're like being like, how do how do I fix this? How do I get out of this? How do I make this better? How do I move past this? Something like somebody saying to you I'm going to drag you into this field and I'm going to torture you murder you you're like I I can't there's nothing I can do this is happening mm. so it's it's very I just find that so dark and I just oh my god I'm so sorry to everybody that's, that's involved in that it's horrible but it's like a <sighs> like and the thing about the north of Ireland and I know that like there's Good Friday Agreement and there's peace and all the rest but there was like just Years, years of it it wasn't like a four year no. war it, it wasn't like went on we were at and war on, and, and on. then after there was like an agreement it was like but look at that journalist that got murdered like two years ago like and the only reason and I'm going to say it and it's probably controversial but the only reason the Good Friday Agreement happened Emma is because we're white oh 100% One th- like, I'm in no way sitting here thinking that it's not that it is absolutely like, that it only happened because we were white people killing like, other white people if this was a bunch of uh, people of colour look at look at like they just would be Syria. like they would literally be like let them kill each yeah. other look at Syria yeah. look at the Lebanon yeah. look at like Iraq the, look at Iran it is because we are white like, westerners yeah. and we're in Europe that's yeah. why and it's because Americans feel a sense of like belonging to Weird Ireland connection to us, yeah. so it was like oh well Bill Clinton will come out and sort it out and fucking bottom and the Dairy Girls great episode great episode <laughs> actually the Dairy Girls the Dairy Girls it's, it's like it's such it's such a fucking great show it's a great show it really my is my favourite bit in that entire show is well, there's so many but that, the one bit where the dad goes to fucking Tommy Ternan we don't like your kind around here and he's like my kind and he's like pricks <laughs> It's so good. It's such a good show. And it does that thing where it interspersed, like, is the guy that I work with was telling me, like, that he would wake up every morning and the smell that he knew from his childhood was burning cars. Same with Ballier. Constant burning. Yeah, that's what I knew. (laughs) Not to the extreme that he knew, but he was like, he would just, the smell of burning was his childhood. But then he got up and went to school. Yeah. And he went and got his lunch and he came home and he watched his cartoons. It goes back to the original point of this. It's like, it's people, just, shit happens. You live, you live every day and this horrific shit is you happening. Just, you still have to go to school. You have to go to work. You have to pay your rent. You have to feed your, feed your family. You have to feed your cats. You have to feed your dogs. Like, you were just doing every normal... Like, when that thing was happening in Mexico with those when he was taking those children from his, their parents... He's still doing it. I sat up at night 
doom scrolling about it because I was like, I'm sitting in my room. I'm safe. I'm happy. I have food in my fridge. I know where my family and my friends are. And I'm living my life and this is happening. Yeah. I just quite, I can't. I did that. And at the beginning of the pandemic in particular, I, and I, I still do it sometimes. And it's not healthy. And I should probably go speak to the therapist about it. Yes. Um, not my therapist. She's expensive. Where I do this thing where <laughs> I like, it's, it's that thing of like looking at doom, but it like keeps me awake at night. And it, it doesn't keep me awake at night because it's like, it's happening. It keeps me awake at night because it's oh. like, he, like I have this. Yeah. And how is this okay? Yeah. How is it okay that I have this? How is it okay that and, I am functioning? Yeah. And how is it okay that like my five-year-old is sleeping in yeah. her bed now? Like, I get it. That's exactly what I was like, doing as well. And Graves just like snoring his brains up beside yeah. me. <laughs> and like, how is it okay that I have three square meals a day and any snack that I want? And then that there's people that literally yeah. cannot feed their children. Yeah. And the Tories are taking away school lunches for fucking poor children. Yeah. Like it just It's so hard to quantify it And if you sat and thought about it every day You would knock it out of bed And I did I found that Especially in the beginning of the pandemic My thing was just With the pandemic in particular Where I was like It brought out the worst of people And the best of people It did It actually And that's what any sort of Traumatic thing does Like for me It brought out like The side of my family Where I was like Oh for God's sake And I Yeah because I've said it to you And I said it in the podcast I had to go and like Read Articles to figure out Why my family were reacting Members of my family Were reacting a certain way Yeah And like for one Like this whole thing of like It not being real Was because Or conspiracy theory thing Was like Was a control mechanism for them But then just this like Thing of like Even with the Trump thing Of being like Like I I Just how could you be that stupid? Mm. And if honestly, if I was an American and my parent, my family lived in America, I wouldn't talk to my oh, mother. Oh, they'd be cut out 100%. Yeah. Gone. But that's like when you see people being like, we're not, I don't speak to my father yeah. anymore. I don't speak to my mother anymore. I can't speak to my siblings because it's fundamental. Yeah. It's not like, oh, we have different, we just disagree. No, it's not that. They want to take your... They literally want to strip you of every single right you have yeah. unless you are a straight white person. Yeah. They And even at that, you're going to die because you can't afford Medicare. Yeah. So it's fun. It's your, it's it's, like, it's your human rights. Yeah. Like, it's all well and good for them to be like, you know, oh, Republicans and Democrats should be friends. No, they can't. You can't be friends with people that are waiting for your demise yeah. and don't care if you die. Yeah. You just can't. Um, so it just was, and I know, like, the North of Ireland thing is, I think for anyone who lives in Ireland, it's a really heavy thing is, to yeah. talk about. And I think it, like, raises a lot of, like, feeling and emotion. And, like, as I've said, and I've said on this, and I've said to you, I am not nationalistic. I was born in the UK. I don't hold any, like... No, I'm not, no, I'm not nationalistic either. there are moments where you're like, what <laughs> happened? Yeah. And it's only when, because I think some of us have like this vague idea of what happened. We know there was bombs. We know there was guns. We know people died. But it's only when you start to read into it. Fuck me. Yeah. There was a lot more shit going on that I didn't know. Like even that story I told about that girl in the like UVF. And like, I think for our age, I think the Oma bombing is like embedded in us. Yeah. That was the one thing that happened that we were all like, oh my God, what the fuck? Yeah. That was like... Um, and that that went wrong they were meant to get people out of there but they didn't call on time no so that was like it was so fucked up that they wanted to do that but the fact that they were like we actually tried to get the area clear well obviously you couldn't get the fucking area clear it's on a street in Oma it's like, a shopping centre what the fuck are you talking about anyway everything is everything is terrible what's a nice thing 
Yeah, and who else is a cunt? Leave Radcar. Anyway, what? happy Christmas. What have you got against me over Radcar lately? Leave Radcar's a cunt. What did he do? Came to my house. Did he? He took a shit in my house. <laughs> and he... Um, i seen he sold There's some information. There's any journalists listening to this now. That's a true story. That's a true story. Call me up there now and I'll tell you all about it. I'll do one of those Daily Mail where the person is pointing at the area where he took a shit. <laughs> I had to jump from there on Taoiseach Leo to there with my legs on fire <laughs> and I tell you now that's not a holiday and on that note okay bye everybody happy Christmas happy how do you say cra- happy Christmas in Irish nullic on a ditch nullic on a ditch I told you this the other day I shut up <laughs> well fuck you who's <laughs> trying to tell you now wait a minute fellas this squishy's not for everybody only the real boys so the rest of you can fuck off. We're out to get some coins. Spare change, I said. Some young one. From the flats getting hitched. Fun to be getting rich. I'll fight you for some 50 cent pieces. Groom is getting fleeced. Come on, lads, let's get on the ground. He built a throw. And if you get in me way, then I'll break your fucking nose. Ah, gushy. Gushy good. Ah, gushy. Gushy real good. Ah, gushy. Cushy good, ah, cushy, cushy real good. Ah, boys, this wedding's going on for ages. Oh, here they come, lads, fucking get ready, oh, yeah. Oh, these jukes blocking the way to the curb. We never get away here with our lives. Ah, Jesus Christ, I'm doing oh, cushy. I got, about, I got about four hours and change me pocket. Throw it, throw oh, it. Ah, get oh, the money, get the money. 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 Get the